welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. Well, today we're going to be doing an interview with Captain or Dr. Amos Revive. Amos is a round-the-world sailor, and he is a referral from a previous guest, Howard Clayman. But before we get to that interview, let me thank my sponsor, Sailrite. Looking for a sewing machine that's both portable and powerful? Look no further than the legendary Sailrite Ultrafeed LSZ-1. Take it to the marina, store it on your boat. The Ultrafeed goes where you go. This high-performing, heavy-duty machine sews both in zigzag and straight stitch. The Ultrafeed can handle your toughest jobs with absolutely zero loss of power or skip stitches. It breezes through up to 10 layers of Sunbrella canvas and 8 layers of Dacron sailcloth. With the most dependable all-metal internal components, the Ultrafeed is a piece of well-engineered machinery that's built to last. Sailrite has been building the Ultrafeed for over 20 years. This tried-and-true powerhouse machine comes with a five-year limited warranty and the best customer service in the industry. The machines are assembled, fine-tuned, and tested at Sailrite's manufacturing facility by a team of highly trained technicians. Every machine is calibrated and tested before it's shipped to guarantee both smooth operation and machine quality. Take your sewing skills to the next level with the Sailrite Ultrafeed LSZ-1 sewing machine. I'm on Skype with Dr. or Captain Amos Revive. As I said, Amos is a referral from Howard Clayman, uh, an also guest of this podcast, and both of you guys live in Israel. So, Amos, I looked at your <laughs> your YouTube channel which is very extensive. You've written many books. Give us uh, give us a little bit of information about yourself. I already know, but my listeners haven't haven't heard anything about you yet, probably. Okay, my story begins when I was a child. Uh, my mom went to my school and uh, asked uh, the manager how was uh, Amosing is doing, and the manager told her uh, that she had never seen me. So she went immediately to the beach and uh, saw me in the head of the lifeguard. And she understands that I'm doing surfing uh, during all this uh, second uh, class that I was very young. And instead of going and taking, you know, the bag and the sandwich to the beach, I went to surf and, and I was a kind of a beach boy. <laughs> and... Uh, and the manager and the, all the team of the school decide in these days that I need to do the secondary school, secondary class again. And it means that they put me a stamp that I'm in a very bad situation from my knowledge and I have to study again. And that's create, I think, something in my soul and in my future, something very good, uh, that uh, in, comp- in contrast to what most of people think, because I have to fulfill my uh, dreams, to fulfill my uh, ambition to do and to collect diplomas 
as a crazy person, as a crazy child, and uh, I try to collect as much uh, knowledge as I know to prove to myself and to the surrounding that I'm uh, worse to live in this uh, world. Well, how did you become a sailor? Uh, I uh, started uh, see the Tel Aviv Marina when she was built, and I was uh, the first instructor for small boat. For it used to be a kind of boat that called skipper, and I studied to to sail. And then I saw people coming from many places in the world with small boats, small yachts. And I start speaking with them, and they speak different kind of languages. That was the first marina that people came to Tel Aviv, not far from the place that I was born. And then I say to myself, when I will be eldest, when I'll be mature, I want to fulfill my dream and to sail on a sailboat. And then I study sailing and get a license. In Israel, it's a, you need to get a license. And uh, then I start uh, sailing, and then I start doing competition uh, with sailing. And uh, I had 14 boats till now, and uh, I'm Israeli, three-time Israeli national champion in sailing. I used to sail on J-boat, J-24. I used to sail on uh, uh, H-boat and uh, MAM-30 and uh, Melges-24. So I'm very familiar with the sailing, and I combine it with cruising. When I was uh, very young, I used to buy, I didn't have enough money, uh, and I have done something like you have done, that I bought a boat, uh, I, I built a boat, a James Warm catamaran, Tanenui, 28 foot, and I built it in, in Israel from Marine Plywood, and that was uh, part of my uh, first uh, boat, and uh, when I married, uh, I asked my wife to join me, and we live on a ten in the middle of the boat, and that was my heritage to her. <laughs> and then she said, okay, I would please, I would like a, not a, a kitchen or a, a something that we can, you know, a toilet and a shower and a hot shower. And I'm not a person that got a $1 million from my dad. I need to buy boats and uh, rebuild them. So I'm, uh, I've done, I bought another boat from England that was uh, very damaged and I fixed it. So my during all my life I fixed boats and I tried to sail with them. Till the last one that my uh, wife, Anna, she's a captain too, she asked me, please, can we have some uh, shower, a hot shower? and a washing machine, and a, a, a dryer. So that was really extreme, and that was our last boat. That uh, It was a catamaran by year 46 that we have done the round-the-world trip with there. Well, let's talk about that. Let's. Was that your first uh, big offshore experience, was when you decided to go around the world? Now, uh, you speak with a person that you know have done the hard way. Uh, first, uh, the beginning was sailing along the, uh, the seashore of Israel. And uh, because uh, I'm, a, I'm a kind of a, a professor for engineering, 
and I my my mind is always missions. So every boat is according to the mission that I need to use it. So I had a few boats that sailing. Uh, we we sail uh, along the shore of Israel, then Cyprus and Turkey. You know that's called. Uh, small uh, trips in the Med, and then uh, when you start sailing uh, far away like Italy, and then you're doing it for all the summer because you cannot return back so fast. And if you want to, to sail a few months, you have to leave the boat there. And then uh, when uh, we sail 30 years in the Med, so because your uh, forecast is about the Mediterranean, we can speak a lot about it because uh, my first book uh, is called Fant uh, Living My Fantasy, deals with the sailing in the Med from Israel and along the shore, uh, till Bora Bora, of course, but uh, we have a lot of experience in the Mediterranean and I will be glad to share it with your uh, audience. And then after you sail, uh, you, you see that uh, it's more than enough to sail in the Med, and uh, we had uh, more dreams, and then we sail uh, in the Caribbean. So after 30 years in the Med, we have done seven years with the, in the Caribbean with our kids. And we took, uh, we bought a boat in uh, America, and uh, that was an American boat, not a super boat for doing this uh, cruising, but it was good enough because it was fit to a family. It was a Hunter 466, and I modified the boat. Every boat that I buy, I modify it. We'll speak about it later. And uh, then we sail with the family. Uh, all our families, three, four months a year, we sail from uh, Nova Scotia in Canada till Trinidad, Aruba, Bonaire, Corazar, and all this area. And uh, so we sail a lot in the Caribbean, and after the Caribbean, we decide, okay, now the big challenge. And uh, we, in the year 2013, we left Israel for seven years sailing around the world with our catamaran, downwind sailing. Downwind sailing. That's, only, that's the only type of uh, sailing you want to do is downwind sailing. Let's start out with... Uh, your your first adventures uh, traveling in along the coast of Israel. Now I interviewed Howard Clayman, and he we talked about uh, sailing along the coast of Israel. And then what what I discovered from that interview was if, there's very very few anchorages along the coast of Israel that you're basically sailing from marina to marina uh, up and down the coast. Is that correct? Yes, at first, because I'm, uh, as you remember, when uh, they have done me a big problem when I was in the second uh, uh, class, I start to study a lot. So I study and I listen to Howard uh, podcast, and I know exactly what he told you. So now we can compare it. And I heard yeah. all your story, too, <laughs> because we have something in common. I sail in your area, in uh, Nova Scotia, uh, not Nova Scotia, in uh, uh, the area near uh, uh, Victoria and uh, all Brit this British place. Columbia, yeah, British Columbia, Columbia uh -huh. where you start. So we have a lot of in common, and maybe we'll speak about it. But uh, we return back to the coast of Israel. So the coast of Israel is really, really boring. 
very boring. You start uh, going out and you have to return back. And if you want, you have all these marinas that uh, Howard already told you. It's about uh, six marinas. And uh, uh, you, you, you even, it's, sometimes it's not so easy to enter to these marinas because they are very, very crowded and uh, not so many places to, to come and to visit. Sometimes, yes. So, of course, uh, I'm an Israeli and I'm Zionist, but uh, I prefer if you ask me if you need to sail along the seashore of Israel, it means come to the marina, and the best place is Arcelia Marina, where I'm located. I didn't tell you that we are living on a boat. We have split personality, half of uh, our uh, pers of, uh, personality is a motorboat that we live on it now, and one is a sailboat. So I'm sorry, <laughs> we, I'm sorry, very sorry. I hate a motorboat, but I'm sorry, but we live on a 65 uh, Kaishing trawler, 41 years old, and you are welcome to visit us as a hotel when you come to Israel. <laughs> Well, that's great to know. I've never visited Israel. It's on my list of places to go, but I've never been there yet. I so did... if I'll show you, if I'll show you your room, you'll say, "Okay, it's a five-star hotel, and I'm coming as fast as I can." <laughs> my wife has just on... the COVID. The COVID is a problem. Now. Yeah, right now it's it's very difficult to even travel right now. I'm hoping. I'm just hoping uh, by the end of June that things will have eased up. But, uh, but uh, I can tell you a secret. Friday, I'm flying to your country. Oh, really? Flying. Yes, I'm coming to the state on this coming Friday to New York to my daughter that she lives there. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I ran into twice a, um, an Israeli sailor in my travels in Turkey. And I've, I've relate, related this experience in the past. I'm just going to do it again. But one time I was at a, a marina, and it was probably, I don't, I don't remember what marina, but it might have been Marmaris or Fetier. And I was uh, on my boat, and a, and a guy walked up to it, and he looked at the boat, and he looked at the boat and said, oh, you're from America. He, we started having a conversation, and then he invited me down to his boat for, for a drink. Well, actually, it was a meal that night, so I went down to his boat, and it turned out he was, he was Israeli. And he owned a dairy farm. And uh, we had a nice conversation, learned a lot about him and about sailing. And for him, Turkey was sort of his back, uh, his playground, because it was a fairly easy sail up from Israel to go sailing in Turkey. Now, fast forward about another six years, and I'm on my boat in Fethiyeh. Not fit yet. And you met him, and you met him again. Unbelievable. Exactly, exactly. But I didn't remember him. I didn't remember him for the first time. That was a strange thing. But but I ran into him again. He ran into me again. He didn't remember me. But after we started comparing our conversations, we said, oh, yes, we met before. But it turned out, and this is what was interesting to me, it turned out that, uh, that he'd taken his dairy farm, he'd totally automated his dairy farm, and... Um, now that now the cow now and then he sold it, but he's no longer a dairy farmer. But I got back to Utah and I, I talked to another dairy man, uh, a man that owned a dairy farm here in Utah, 
And he said, and he told you, and he told you that all the sophisticated uh, machines that are they using, they are coming from Israel. Exactly, exactly. He said we could not run our dairy farm without this technology that we got from Israel, which I thought was very interesting. So yeah, so either you listen to that podcast where I told that story, and then you, that tells me you've been spending a lot of time listening to my podcast, or you just figured out what I was going to say. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to do my uh, school homework very thoroughly, and I have something to connect to you. Yes. Uh, if you'll, uh, uh, I have a son, and uh, my son was a dinghy boy. Always he was on the dinghy, and he sailed with me during the night in uh, uh, the, in Croatia, mm-hmm. and uh, he was on the shift. And uh, in some boat appear immediately, and uh, he wake me up at the middle of the night, and I told him, wow, we could uh, hit each other, we can uh, do a collusion, and it was very safe. And since there, he said to me, I want to invent something. So please, if you'll see, go to Orca AI. Uh, he raised just last week 13 U.S million dollar for his high-tech company that is the most progressive company to prevent ship collusion in this world. So can you believe that a child that was in my boat and revealed that that should be a solution and it will be very interesting to you to see this uh, company and that what they are doing. All right, so so spell that for me. Orca. Orca, you know what is Orca. A L C A A L C A O-R-O-R-C-A. Oh, Orca. Okay. Yes. A-I. Orca.ai. Okay, I'm pulling it up here. Oh, yeah, so he did a a GoDaddy campaign then. All right. Right, and it's unbelievable. Can you believe that the most sophisticated system now in the world Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Orca, O-R-C-A dot A-I. It says this domain is available for sale. So I, I must have some. O-R-C-A and A-I, not dot A-I. Orca A-I. Orca A-I dot com? Yes. Okay. Okay, no, that's not it. O R C A A I. Let me just do that. You just can just write see. in Google Orca AI. Okay, there we go. Orca dash AI dot IO. There it is. Orca O R C A dash AI dot IO. Avoid collisions, save lives. Right. Okay, there we go. Go to Mr. Dor Raviv. Dor Raviv is my son, and he's a CTO. So can you believe that something that's uh, very uh, uh, important even uh, to your podcast because that's the future of the preventing of collusion in, at the sea. And that's something innovative in Israel. So it's connect to what you said about the dairy farms. That's a lot of things that are very clever is invented by Israeli very clever high-tech people and we try to contribute the world well i will spend some time uh 
checking this out, and I'll put a link to the at the uh, in the show notes to this website as well. Be interesting to see what he comes up with. So that's great. He's got a bunch of capital investment in the company, and I'm an angel investor uh, myself. I invest in small startup companies from time to time, and uh, too bad we didn't get a chance to see this. But <laughs> all right, so let's go on to um, to your adventures sailing in the Mediterranean. Talk to us about where you've been, some of your most memorable experiences, and go from there. Okay, uh, I'll tell you. Uh, I'm coming to the to the field of uh, sailing from different variety of uh, hats. We'll call it one uh, position is a, a regular sailor cruiser. The second one is a, a racer. And the third one is a professor for marinas. I am a, I'm in my PhD. I wrote a special a, a PhD a dissertation about how to improve marina in the world. So when we are speaking, we can speak a lot of variety of things. And I'll try to combine all my knowledge in these three fields to the uh, people there, to your audience. So always you can speak with me about marinas, because seven years of my life I spent to write my dissertation. I interview about 300 uh, marina managers over the world, and I was a marina manager by myself. So we uh, will start from the sailing in the Med. And the, one of the most interesting, after Israel, the most interesting, uh, very developed uh, area to sail, as uh, you know, and as uh, Howard said, it's uh, the Greek island and Turkey. And uh, even there is a nice stop from Israel in Cyprus. Now there is in Cyprus in Limassol a new marina, and they have another two, three marinas. So what I suggest to most... Uh, sailors that intend to visit uh, uh, the Mediterranean, first to come to the area of Turkey, that it's more protected. Marinas are in very high standard. The wind is uh, much less uh, stronger than in the Greek island. And uh, to travel in many beautiful uh, places along the shore, then you can, they can uh, stay in, uh, in many places while they are there because uh, there is a lot of protected uh, anchorage, then you don't have to stay on uh, in marina. If you want, you can choose. And then you can uh, travel uh, along the shore of uh, Turkey and to jump to the Greek island. Now, because of the coronavirus, as far as I know, uh, the Greek islands are closed and you cannot even pass from one island to the other. But in the future, I hope that uh, next season, everything will open. And it's a very beautiful and very in interesting place to travel. Uh, one of my favorite places in the Greek island, we'll call it, it's instead of uh, Turkey, it's very, very uh, unique. And it's called Castello Iso. And that's one of the beautiful uh, places that it's very unique. It's a small, small island. It's uh, in front of Kos from Turkey, and uh, where there a grandma. What's the meaning? When I sail with my little daughter, Gal, she was a year and a half old. 
we sell with uh, our children a lot, but when I sell in the Med, we, we had the Mark C9.5, a Swedish boat, and my wife and me, after my mom uh, died, we decide that uh, I'm so sorry and, and I'm so sad, so I have to go, and we sell for two years in the Med. So we stay in uh, Castello Rizzo, and okay, one of so the hold ladies... On. Okay. Hold on, because I've, I've been all the way up and down that, and I'm trying to find this particular island. Is this, I'm, I'm on Google Earth, and you said it's by Kosh? Yeah. You see, you, uh, if you go uh, to, uh, it's, it's a, the last island, it's very, very nice. If you, you, you see a Kosh, and there is a, just something that it's a, a very, very, a, we'll call it on the, Okay, so it's, so from Kosh, if, if you, the north, yeah. the next island if north you, is Pasirmos. Go in front of Kosh. No, if you go Meganesi, it's Castello Rizzo, it's called. You see Kosh. Uh huh. K O S. In front of it, there is a small island. There is a small island. It's called Castello Rizzo. Please enter to the bay. It's an unbelievable bay there. That was. A submarine protected area in the first world war, second world war. Can no. you see Castello Rizzo? No, I may. Now we're talking about the island of Kosh, which is just off of Bodrum. It's just just a, about ten miles away from Bodrum, Turkey. Is that the right island I'm looking at? Kos. Kash is down, down, uh, not in Budrum. It's uh, more like uh, on the way to, uh, 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 if you if you look, uh, we'll do it. You know, you see uh, Kemer, Antalya, Kemer. Okay, okay, so down near, okay, okay. For the Stop island, there. the it's, island, the town. The, when you said Kosh, I was thinking of the Greek island Kosh, and when you said Kosh, no, 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 you were no, talking no. about Kashi, the Turkish, you know, the Turkish okay. town of Kos, which is K A S, right? Okay, and you know what? I've I've right. gone by that island, Castellarizo, K A S T E L L O R I Z O. I buy. I've been by that island, and I've never stopped into that island. However. Um, I did, <laughs> without clearing in, apparently I went by the island and jumped and swam into a sort of a blue grotto right there by the... Uh, by ah, I want to tell you. Okay, tell, you, you tell us of that then. Okay, yeah. <laughs> on the south side of the island, there is a blue uh, cave, beautiful one, mm -hmm. and you can take all the uh, speed the dinghy from the Anchorage and go there. In Castello Rizzo, there was a very famous movie that they made there, and, and a lot of Italian people like to buy their uh, places, uh, houses. It's one of the most beautiful and unique islands that is remote because it's the last island of Greek that along the southeast island of all the Greek island, and that much very close to Turkey. It's like uh, you can see Turkey from the other side, and it's 20 minutes, and you are in Turkey. But 
the place is so remote and so beautiful and the water is so clean and the food in the restaurant is so good and it's uh, destroyed by in the world second world war and rebuilt and from my point of view you can stay there for weeks because it's remote it's clean it's nice every day you can go to eat there and it's still not so spoiled so that's one of my recommendations you know and I feel sad that that's If one we... of the islands I have not visited just uh, I, like I say I went and uh-huh. swam the blue grottos and But I didn't actually clear in and uh, and stop in there now can you clear into this most, island yes you can clear it most of the Israeli are clearing to this island because it's so simple because there is just the uh, one policeman there and uh, it's very easy and then you can continue go from there to road and skip uh, Turkey when you decide to be on the Turkey side a uh, castellar is So it's uh, there is a lot of uh, a, a, a restaurant and a lot of uh, a, a nice places to swim and uh, from my point of view it's kind of a escape place because nowadays you know everything is so crowded and everybody comes if you you look there is even an aeroplane uh, place to land there and But it's so short, it's on the top of the mountain, so it's very frightening. But there is flights from uh, Rolls. So anyway, if you miss sailing this area, I recommend you to go there for two, three days, even taking a hotel and enjoy from the place. Hmm. It's very unique. Most, most of them. Another place that I would recommend, I try to give you tips, not... the regular ones okay mm-hmm. I try to take you to a remote places in the med that no many people are going there and most of the people even skip them so uh, one of my uh, favorite uh, place and uh, we can do you know uh, where is the uh, uh, the area of uh, we'll call it Tinos You know where is Tinos? Tinos, yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. I've, I've never no, actually, I've only, I don't think I've actually stopped at Tinos ever. So tell me what you like about Tinos. 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 I'm going to Tinos. And, yes. And the Tinos, we said, uh, I, I can, yes. Tinos, okay. Now, if you see Tinos, in front of Tinos, on the south side of Tinos, there is a very popular and well-known place. It's called Mykonos, right? Right. Mykonos, everybody in the world knows. Right. So if I have to divide this world for uh, the terrible places and the unbelievable places, for me, Mykonos is a terrible place. Why? Because it's 250 dollars to rent a small share in the beach, the 1,000 dollars for a meal. <laughs> Everybody are uh, playing uh, parties, all the millionaires, it's changed his uh, place and I belong to the old-fashioned people. I don't like to be in a Greek island and to feel like I'm in a uh, mid I don't know in the 
in the Miami Beach in the middle of uh, of uh, 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 Hollywood or in uh, some place that is too much crowded, expensive prices that you cannot, and everybody are looking for the beautiful girls. That's it. From my point of view, if I need to choose a place, in contrast to Mykonos, go to Tinos. It's harder to enter, of course. It's very small uh, pier. If you go to the marina in pier in Tinos, what you can see, there is a ferry uh, place in the first uh, breakwater that was damaged. And then on the second one, you, you can put your boat there. And what is so interesting in this island? That's a real Greek island. Yeah. I'm... In the mid, this island has something very unique. Yes, I think. Did you want to tell something? Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the port, and I see the ferry port. And uh, this is around the main town of Tinos, on the island of Tinos. Right. And it looks like there's a, uh, a sort of an anchorage area and a small tie-up area south of the ferry port, uh, or sort of right. east of the That's ferry the port. That's the place right. I recommend. Okay. And if you look on this road, look on this road from the anchorage. That's unbelievable. You anchor your boat on the second pier and go along up, up, up to the street city. And you see a road, right? Mm -hmm. And if, if, you, if you enlarge the road, what you'll see on the right side of the road, you cannot believe. You'll see a carpet. And the carpet is along all the road till the church and at the end. And what it means, in this place, the Greek believes that they have to sacrifice themselves and to crawl along all the city till the church and to pray for the things that they have done bad in their life. And it's a very, very interesting city. It's a very unique. A lot of Greek people, you, you'll not find tourists there because it's not parties. It's not a big story that they just uh, knew the beaches. It's the opposite of Mykonos. And I like the contrast in life. And it's very good food. That's why, because a lot of Greek people and not expensive. And it's unbelievable place to travel in the city and around to the other side, to the beaches on the other side of the city that you can see. And the... Uh, that's one of my favorite. If you want to visit in a real Greek island, that's the place. Yeah, I'm looking at that road, and I can see the carpet off to the right, and they have a lot of statues uh, on Google Earth right. images of people crawling uh, towards the... Of, yeah. rest, a, rest, a lot of shots that they uh, give you a lot of uh, things to pray and to give in this church. It's a very orthodox city. Island. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. No, I've never been there either. So you've so far found two places in Greece that I haven't been uh, that I need to go to, that I need to visit. But you, but you travel so many years. You travel 17 years in the Med, and I'm sure that you saw more than enough. Ah, but you always have places you want to go back to and places that you haven't seen that you would still want to go visit. And you're showing me some that uh, that I've never talked about on this podcast. So this is great. Thank you. 
no problem. Now in other places. Uh, there is a place that it's very rare and not many people are going. I call it the windy island of the Greek islands. It's called Serifos. Okay. If you go S-E-R-I-F-O-S. Yep, I've been there. That's You've been one in Serifos? Yes. yes. Very interesting. Very frightened. Someday you wake in the morning, everything around you, look where it's located, this island. You get <laughs> the wind from up and down and left and down from all the, the directions. And you can get 60 knots in island on Anchorage, and I was there like it was. And I even, one day, I stayed there, and I saw a girl that she is uh, the boat, uncontrolled, and the captain was died on the boat. And it was the delivery captain with a girl that never sailed. And I need to take my dinghy to jump on her boat and to help her to take down the sails. She couldn't know what to do because the boat has done a jibe and it hit the boom, hit the captain and he was dying. So it's very sorry, a, a very sad story. And that's happened a lot in Serifos when uh, the Meltemi and uh, the wind is very strong. I've, got, Serifos, I've, actually, I've actually got some YouTube videos of me anchored in Seraphos with exactly what you're describing. Very, very, very strong winds. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've yes. experienced those winds in Seraphos. And, and you're absolutely I say, I correct. Stay, yes. I stay one and a half week waiting for, for the wind to be calm down. <laughs> yes. And there's only so much you can do on that small island. Take the... Take the bus up to the Cora, rent a scooter, but there's not a lot to do on that island except uh, relax and uh, and eat. So, yeah. Bye. Yes. Okay, now we go to a secret place of Amosi in Egina. Most many sailors are coming and they are staying. If you go to Egina to the marina, it's very common. So I give you a secret. How to anchor without paying any money in the center of Egina when there is no place in the marina. All right. So I'm zoomed in on the marina in Egina. Where, do I, where am I going to go? Okay. When you enter to the marina, you can see there is a very nice marina in uh, two piers in, inside the lagoon and outside, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But when you enter... Yes. But when... You enter to the marina immediately. On the right side, you can see a breakwater, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And there is now, if we go look on Google Earth, there is a red boat and there is six boats there on the small pier, right? Right. Uh huh. You see it? Yes. So look, look, and what you cannot look—it's something that is not in the Google Earth map. There is a small breakwater, a small jetty that start where the, f before everything, close to the entrance. This place is my secret place. You stay in a remote place, very beautiful, because all these boats that you see now on the, uh, on the jetty that connect to the uh, breakwater, the outside breakwater, uh, they are 
are staying there for years, but there is always enough place for one boat or two to stay before them. And there is a kind of a broken uh, jetty. You connect to this broken jetty, and then you can take your dinghy, you jump to the city, you can do whatever you want. On the other side, you see the beautiful sea outside. Mm -hmm. You are protected. You are in the marina. You don't have to tell anybody. Nobody know you. Nobody come to you. Nobody can jump to you. It's because it's you know it's a breakwater. It's a, a isolate. It's a no, no no place to. It's not connect to the shore. So, so that's my secret place. So so let me describe it as I understand you telling me. Where on that breakwater, where which is away from the mainland, that breakwater with the red boat and the one, two, three, four, right. five, six boats tied up to it. Just right. in front of that, inside, just in front of that, you can anchor. There's room right in front of that or to the to the west right. of that. You yes. can tie up and take a line to the breakwater. So would you drop your anchor and take a line ashore? Is that what you would do? Yes, even there is uh, some pier that was broken and now it's uh, you know not uh, look nice but it's uh, you can stay there you can uh, put your boat there okay and okay i've done it a few times and it's very cool because you are in the center of play of a place you are very remote you have to take your dinghy just at, at night it's so quiet nobody disturb you can stay there for a month. Nobody knows even. <laughs> I'm surprised the marina doesn't come over and try to claim that. That's what they would usually do. No, it not belong to anybody. Oh. It's not belong to anybody. Okay. Because the break was there, it belonged to the government. Okay. Not, not okay. The marina. Well, that's, a, that's, that's very good information because just... You know, forty feet or forty yards away, you've got all those piers coming out, and I'm sure you'd pay a lot to go in into that marina. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right. Now about the Caribbean island in the Med. You want to see? Yes. Do you want to sail in the Caribbean, but not to fly in too much expensive uh, prices for tickets? Yes, talk to me about it. Okay. We are going now to a place that call. Can you imagine where? Granada? Try to make you choose. I, 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 I try to make you a curious. Okay. You know the island Formentera? Uh-huh. F-O-R. M-E-N-T-E-R-A. Yep. Uh, on the Balearic Islands you're talking you, about? Of course. Mm -hmm. you've, been, you've been in Formatera, Captain uh, Franz? Yes, I have. Yes, I've been there. Uh, probably only a couple times, though. And you've been in the Caribbean side of it? <laughs> I, I don't know where the Caribbean because, side of it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Okay. When you sail from, mostly you sail from uh, Ibiza, right? Mm -hmm. You sail down, down to Formentera. On the way, when you sail from uh, north to south, then on the left side of you, 
you can see the bay of Formentera starting with a very shallow water, and that's the, uh, the Caribbean of the Mediterranean. Okay. All this seashore is clear water, beautiful places to bunker. You don't pay to anybody, and you can go to the shore and uh, drink, you know, in a small uh, kiosk, in a small restaurant, enjoy, and it's very quiet and calm water there. And if you go and look inside, look on the beautiful uh, beach. Just now, if you look, even on some pictures that are in Google Earth, mm -hmm. you'll find what I'm telling you. Yes, I've actually anchored off that beach just to uh, just to the to the uh, west of that beach. I've never anchored on the other side, but I've only been there a couple times because when I was there, uh, I just used that as a stopover spot. So I've only spent one or two nights in that uh, on different dates. So one night at a time. So you yes. you've spent a lot of time here. Because when I yes, I I stay in La Savina in the marina once. And they charge me 220 euro at night, so I try to solve the problem that I'll not be in bankrupt in one week. Mm -hmm. So I went to this seashore and, and a lot of beautiful places to anchor, and that's I call it the Caribbeans of the Med. Okay, okay, yeah, I've been there. That's a there's a lot of room to anchor. There's lots of space in there to anchor too. So. And if right. the if the wind came up from the uh, if you had uh, if you had easterlies winds coming from the well westerlies winds coming from the west I guess you could always hop over and uh, be on the lee side, side right. on the other side too right okay. right okay another beautiful place is Mahon you know Mahon in uh, Minorca yes I've been to uh, the town of Mahon it's one of my favorite bays but. It's expensive now, is my understanding. So, so let's talk about where very, you would stay in Mahone. But it's very, very expensive. But you have Amosi with you now, right? Right. So, so what Amosi is doing? Try to reduce the prices for your audience. That they will not. That they enjoy the podcast and they will not pay for Anchorage, right? Right. So tell me, because I'll be going there this summer. Really? Yeah. Okay. So if, if you are going inside in Mahon, you'll see if there is a beautiful uh, marina inside, mm -hmm. and there is a, a, a split pier, floating pier, of this marina in the middle. Can you see something like this? When you enter to Mahon, there is a marina, and they put a a floating uh, pier there go to the floating pier in the middle of the bay right and you there you can get a special price for it it's much much cheaper than in the marina it's quiet it's more remote and because the prices are really crazy so it's better to anchor there i think that you can see the floating pier at uh, look on the small island next to it, and you'll see two piers. Can you see them? Yes, I, I see. I see the two piers, and one's got uh, three boats on the north side, one on the south a side, boat. and one, one on boat. the yeah, um, one on the east side, and then right. the, then the other one yeah. has four boats around it. So that's where you're right. recommending those floating piers. Then, okay. 
Yes, right. That will be very good because otherwise it's really crazy in this place, the prices. Okay. And then you just take your dinghy to shore where you want to go then. Yes. Mostly my uh, uh, way in sailing is uh, dinghy the second uh, boat. And uh, I use, uh, if we can speak, you know, uh, from now for at least one year on a variety of things. Even in my books, uh, I write about the dinghy few pages. So we can speak just about dinghies. But I give you a nice tip about dinghy. After six floating dinghy that I have to fix during my life, I decide to get rid from all this uh, rubber dinghy. And I bought a dinghy that made in New Zealand. It's a big story. It's uh, about the dinghy, but I will not tell this now. But it's called Mech Boat from New Zealand. Maybe you can find them even in the Med. Because some boat, it's made like from the material of a kayak, you know. Mm -hmm. It's heavy, but it's strong. It can go on any reef, anything. You put there a huge engine. I used to put 25 horsepower. It's not fit to your boat, of course, because uh, for your boat you need a much more easier dinghy. But when I come to a place, I would like to have the freedom to travel like a... Another boat, like a small speedboat that I have, that I can bring a lot of materials from the supermarket. I can travel between places. So we used to, most in my trips, we use the dinghy for uh, traveling between islands even. You used to come in at wake in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, first light, and we run when it's very calm. We went to dive, to fish, and to travel. And then we return back in afternoon. All right, so spell, 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 spell the name of the dinghy, because I need a new dinghy this Mech. year as well. M-I-C-K? Yes. M-A-C. M-A-C, Mac Boat. You'll see it's a dinghy for lifetime. Mac Boat, okay. They try to throw it from... Yes. Unbelievable. And you can buy a small one. And that's dinghy, even a small one on your boat. And uh, that's something, it's not, not so expensive. Nowadays, there is a different kind of dinghies that are made from carbon, very light one. I forgot now the name of them, and that's the future of the dinghy. Australia. They're made in Australia or in New Zealand. Uh, and uh, they are uh, very, very... Uh, light, but uh, they are very expensive. Yeah, that's that's it. Okay, I've zoomed in on macboats.co.nz and uh, yes. m-a-c-b-o-a-t-s dot right. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. It's not known in the map at all, but that was my dinghy for the last seven years in the around the world trip. And I so enjoy, I had a, a big one, a 4.2 or something like that, and that was unbelievable one. Well, that's something to take a look at, if I can find one in the Mediterranean. So I have to look and see where their dealers are in the Mediterranean. So, be I don't think that they have, but they, uh, they are not... Uh, 
putting a, the, the, there is not market for it, but uh, yeah, okay. In a, the 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 well known is Carib, and uh, and that's one of the best uh, from rubber one. Okay. Okay. Uh, we can jump to a different place if you want. We can go to Croatia to 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 to. Uh, now we'll go up to a very, very nice place that we had in. Uh, it's something that I remember. It's very beautiful. Okay, I think the Adriatic. We'll go to the Adriatic. And in the Adriatic, we. We want in, okay. We have in Dubrovnik, and not Dubrovnik, in Korchula. Korchula, okay. Okay. Please go to K-O-R-C-U-L-A. Okay. Now, I take you to a very, to another kind of uh, Caribbeans in the, it's not Caribbeans, less Caribbeans, but unique place in mostly nowadays in Croatia as far as I know they are developed so much in the industry of sailing so a lot of charter boats are there then the prices went up very much if you want to anchor in a, a Dubrovnik it's like $250 a night something like that very crazy yeah. so I try to find a very nice place it's called Marina that belongs to the city of Korchola, but not in the city. The one that I'm speaking about, look for Korchola. You see the big marina? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now you go to a small, small place that is, a, and you travel around, and you can see that there is a small, small pier, not in the East Marina, but... On the in between the islands, go down, and you can see a, a two islands that have a small a channel between of them, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. in front of it, and in front of it, in in front of this island, there is a small small marina. Okay, I see. I see a couple piers coming off of that. If that's the one I'm thinking right. of, yeah. That's, that's a private marina. That's a, a city marina. It's beautiful place, and uh, it's very cheap. It's not expensive, and I left my boat there. We'll call it a Lombarda. L U M B A R D A. Oh, okay. So you're talking you down. See? You're you're talking down south at the uh, tip. South. That down south. Yeah, I've been in right. the Lombarda. A couple times. Now, the, the last time okay. I went there, I anchored off the marina. And they came yeah. and told me I couldn't anchor there, that I had to come into the marina or go somewhere else. But before that, I right. actually anchored off the marina, and nobody gave me any trouble. So now they don't allow you anchoring in yeah. that bay. You have to tie up to that marina. And, uh, right. But, but you're so saying my it's... My recommendation, uh -huh. it's beautiful to be there. I would recommend to anchor the boat there, oh, and to travel in between the North and Island 
there because there is a very nice anchorage you see mm -hmm. between the two islands north from it. Yep. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And you can leave the boat there, take the local bus, and go to the city of Cortula. And then you don't pay too much because this, this marina belongs to the municipality, to the city. And the big marina is very expensive and very... Uh, yeah, and the trouble is with the big marina, the ACI marina, is you can't just show up. They've always got that place reserved. So even even though it's ridiculously expensive, you've got to make a reservation to even get into that marina. Right. And then what is the benefit of Cochula? If you've been there, you remember that there is in Lombarda a marina. You have a small, small beach that it's very rare to find in uh, all uh, the, this area. Mm -hmm. And you can go out in the morning from your boat, swim, surf, dive a little bit, and return back to the boat. It's so nice in Lombarda. If you look on the beach in the front of the marina, you see there is a triangle or something like that. Mm -hmm. Then that's the beach. Yeah, it's Beautiful, a nice it's a nice it's beach, nice. but it's also got a great grocery store just up the road. It's got a very good grocery store. Right. Just uh, yes. not not the little so ones right by the marina, beach. but there's a very good large grocery ah. store just up the road a little bit from so the that's marina. That's my recommendation if you have to to anchor in this area and to travel around. I would make Lambada as my base and travel around. Good advice. Yeah, it's always been on my list. I've I've also anchored uh, in the bay around the corner from from Corchula Town. There's that big bay as well. And even though they charge, it's not very much. It's around 30 euros if you anchor in there. But it's always very crowded. And it's always, uh, it's always entertaining in the evening to watch the boats come in and try to find a spot to anchor as it's very crowded in there. <laughs> right. Yes. Somebody else right. providing the entertainment. Another, so. another place, another beautiful place is to sail to the other side, to Kutor, to travel inside of the Bay of Kutor, you know, or to enter, to mm -hmm. put the boat in the marina in Kutor, and then to take a car and to travel in Montenegro on the mountain and all this area. It's very, very beautiful trip. Yeah, I've had the, I've had a couple uh, in. I've I've talked in my past podcast about uh, pulling into Corchula, no Couture, Couture Montenegro, and as yes. I was backing into the slip, um, I heard this nasty, nasty, not the slip, but backing into the the key, I heard this nasty, nasty noise coming from my engine. We got tied up. I immediately shut down the engine, and my fresh uh, my fresh water pump on the engine had gone out for the first time in twenty years. I didn't even know I had a fresh water pump. So I was stuck in uh, Korchula, uh, renting a car and going back and forth to Dubrovnik to try to find a replacement uh, pump for this. Eventually, I did get one. But during that period of time, I was stuck in Corchula for about a week. We did exactly what you're talking about. We rented a car and drove way up in the mountains and around and, and just absolutely enjoyed 
totally enjoyed the, Enjoy the travel uh, by car in Montenegro. Fantastic country to visit by yeah. car. Um, so, yeah, I, I highly agree with you. That was uh, one of those things that I wouldn't have learned, I wouldn't have done had I not had <laughs> a big unexpected repair on my boat that day. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have a very special boat. I saw it. Very interesting. Thank you. I like Thank it you. very much. Very seaworthy. I appreciate it. Very seaworthy. Okay. Another, another, you have to stop me, you know. But oh, the, actually, we've gone, to... we've gone about an hour, and that's about as long as I want to go on a podcast. We will get you back uh, for another, uh, another interview. So that's going to stop it for today. Uh, hang on, and I will talk to you for a second before I uh, before you go but that's going to end this interview for today hold on thank you very much Franz for okay. uh, your, uh, hosting me in your podcast I appreciate it very much okay now, now before we go before we go give people I will put links to your YouTube channel and your Amazon book on the show notes is there any other information you want our listeners to have before we finish this interview no, I, you know, my mission now is uh, to share my knowledge with the world without getting any benefits. All right. Great. Thank you. Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing. <laughs>